sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a tangy Tuesday here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. The home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Sports Grid network. I am Ben Stevens. The reason it is a tangy Tuesday, well, the NBA play-in tournament starts tonight. First in the Eastern Conference, inside the Barclays Center, the Brooklyn Nets hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then out in the Western Conference, in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis is the site for the Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Clippers. We also go around Major League Baseball. We'll talk some NFL draft all on the first ever two-hour edition of the morning after that debuts today. And, of course, it's a tangy Tuesday. Really, not because of a two-hour shift or because of the play-in tournament, but because of one Kevin Walsh, one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and the money line alongside Donnie Wrightside, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Sirius XM Channel 159. Okay, Dubs, ready for a tangy Tuesday, I'm sure. No doubt about it. I mean, look, here's the deal, right? They say, listen, okay, Dubs, a couple schedule changes here, a third of the show. How do we make up? I mean, we're, we're missing out. They called the tangy man himself. We know how to bring the fight. People are going to, I tell you, by, by 9.20, people are like, that's enough. It's too much, and there's more coming. Just so you know it, I feel good. I feel excited. There's a lot for us to get into here on this delightful Tuesday. Let's make it happen. No NBA games last night as we get ready for the play-in tournament and the official start of the postseason around the association. So our focus first is on the diamond major league baseball into the second set of series so far across this early portion of the season and a gem yesterday from young alec manoa of the toronto blue jays who has performed very well in his young career inside yankee stadium kev his third start against the yanks up in the bronx yesterday he is now combined for 17 and two-thirds innings pitched a combined three earned runs why because of a six-inning performance yesterday in shutout baseball against those pinstripes. Also throwing seven strikeouts yesterday, Alec Manoa, a guy I know, Kev, you have your eye on in a Blue Jays 3-0 win. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we did the pick six for baseball futures on the early line. He was my pick for AL Cy Young. Uh, I think one of the lessons that we've learned through the futures markets continuously is, you know, if you can get a deeper shot, it will make you feel better because of how often injury comes into play. So that way, if you feel like you need to, you know, hit the cash out button or hedge, you'll feel better about that when a little found uh, further down the board. But here's the thing on Alec Manoa. He's just fantastic. We saw it last year. Dominant spring on a team where he is going to rack up the wins. Uh, you know, it, it would not surprise me if this team does ultimately make it to the playoffs. I know they're heavily favored to do so. If a, he is not the game one starter for this team it's not going to be uh ryu and i don't think it's going to be gausman so it really would come down to manoa or if barrios finds his groove he was fantastic in this game and he i think will be fantastic all year for toronto 
Six innings shutout for Alec Manoa. Again, seven strikeouts only allowed the Yankees to have one hit against them. The Yanks yesterday, only four hits as a team. A 3-0 win for the Blue Jays outright as an underdog, plus 102 on that money line. So as we look at the American League East, we first get ready to welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here. Welcome to the mix on a tangy Tuesday right here on TMA and all across the grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. He is Kevin Walsh, a Major League Baseball recap from last night and another stellar performance from Alec Manoa inside Yankee Stadium. Six innings of shutout work, only one hit allowed against the Yankees and seven strikeouts. The Blue Jays winning outright as an underdog, their first game booked as an underdog this year and a total of nine stays well under because of that stellar performance from Alec Manoa. So the Blue Jays, the favorites in the American League East, plus 155. The price on Toronto, the Yankees a little bit less than a dollar behind at plus 250. The Tampa Bay Rays suffering their first loss of the season yesterday, getting spanked by the Oakland Athletics 13 to two, but still at plus 260 in Baltimore wins for the first time this year shutting out the Milwaukee Brewers who are struggling offensively 2-0 yesterday also the Red Sox falling to the Detroit Tigers Javier Baez a late bottom of the eighth home run for the Tigers to push them to a win over the Boston Red Sox and Kev as we look from the American League East to the NL East a disappointing result for those Amazons yesterday. The Mets in Philadelphia up 4-0 into the eighth inning. Philly rattles off five in the bottom half of that eighth frame, and they win 5-4 to four over New York. Uh, the Mets have uh, now lost two in a row. Eighth inning collapses in both. This team has every reason to believe that they should sit here at 5-0. and oh. And the difficult thing is both of those losses came to division opponents. All of these games mm. at the end of it can matter. I mean, you, you just talked about the AL East. The AL East is similar in, you know, maybe more three teams. I don't think you've got that fourth in the way the AL does. But still, the, the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies, this could really come down to the margins. One or two games of separation, the difference between winning the division and not. The difference between making the postseason and not. And those things can certainly creep up for a ball club here. And I think what's really tough, though, now is – it feels like something, man, we can't hold on if you're the Mets. This team today, tough to get right with Zach Wheeler going for Philadelphia. We don't overreact to April baseball, but the point that Kevin just made about these wins and losses, meaning something come September, certainly something to pay attention to. We go to the play-in tournaments, a preview next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Play in tournaments for the NBA postseason begin tonight. One in the East, one in the West. Welcome back to a Tuesday, a tangy Tuesday, on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Alongside Kevin Walsh, making it extra tangy on this Tuesday, I am Ben Stevens. We have some movement early on this Tuesday morning for those numbers, especially in the Eastern Conference play in tournament that starts tonight 
in Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Nets hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. And a live update for you, Kev, on that spread. The Nets now favored by nine and a half points on the FanDuel Sportsbook with a total that is working its way down steadily. Now that over understands at 227. Kevin, we will give a full breakdown for this game between the Nets and the Cavaliers. But big picture here, as you look at those numbers and the movement we have seen on this Tuesday morning, what does that tell you about tonight inside Barclays? Yeah, I think probably people getting ready for playoff basketball, expecting fewer possessions, less pace, more defensive focus, which is understandable. Brooklyn last year was genuinely able to turn up uh, their defensive capabilities when the postseason did begin. Three of the four opening round playing games last year did go under the number. Cleveland's more of a defensive-oriented team, or at least was built around that for a lot of this season. So I think people are probably leaning towards that factoring in uh, to this game. That would be my read on this number dropping down right now. 227, the thing is, Brooklyn, obviously, we know, Ben, has the ability on any given night to get to 120, but I understand the movement towards the under. One of the biggest differences in this game, no Jarrett Allen for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He will not be available in this play-in tournament. Cleveland suffers defensively without their big man in Jarrett Allen. But if you look at this number, the 9.5 now slightly different from the 8.5-point spread. If that looks familiar, that's because on Friday night inside the Barclays Center, the Brooklyn Nets were favored by 8.5 points against these Cleveland Cavaliers without Jarrett Allen. And Brooklyn won that game by 11, covering a number and locking up that number seven spot in this play-in tournament field. And Kev, when you look at where things stand for these two teams right now, Cleveland enters having lost eight of their final 11 games of the regular season, but still favored in the markets right now to make the Eastern Conference playoffs at minus 230. In fact, for both of these teams right now, Brooklyn and Cleveland, to advance out of the play-in tournament is minus 165 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I am looking to fade the Cleveland Cavaliers, maybe with the Atlanta Hawks, who are playing good basketball, or even the Charlotte Hornets, who I feel have played better down the stretch than Cleveland. But both being favored right now on FanDuel at that minus 165 to advance out of the Eastern Conference play-in and into the official playoffs is a very interesting price to me. You know, I initially had a similar reaction to you because I think, let's just say it's Cleveland-Atlanta. That is no more than Cleveland minus two. That's my thought Hmm. right now. Here's the difference. The Cavs today can win and possibly go to the next round. I don't mean like, oh, I think they can beat Brooklyn. I mean, it's just, it's something that is a possibility in this world. While Atlanta and Charlotte cannot do that. One of them will obviously be eliminated and the other will still need to win another game on the road in order to make that happen. That's ultimately what factors in. And and that's kind of why I think you see minus 165. It's why you see the favorites there, you know, being what they are. And I think if you compare it to the Western side, right, Minnesota and the Clippers at minus 280, it starts to feel, I don't want to say discount, because I wouldn't bet it at a discount, but that's probably been as short of a number as they will put on a 7-8 both advancing through. I would agree with that point. And again, that's the format of the play-in tournament. Even if Cleveland loses tonight, they will be the home team in a winner-take-all game. And you would think 
slightly favored. Atlanta, a five-point mm -hmm. favorite tomorrow night at home against the Charlotte Hornets. The Hawks enter the play-in tournament having won seven of their last nine games, covering in all seven of those wins. You mentioned the Western Conference, and it's even stronger odds for both the seven in Minnesota and the eight in the LA Clippers to make it out of the Western Conference play-in tournament and into the playoffs as well. Minnesota at home tonight, a three-point favorite against the LA Clippers. Kev, it's a line that mm -hmm. surprised me to see it at three in favor of Minnesota against a Clippers team. Now with a healthy Paul George, who won six of their final seven games with PG back in the lineup for at least six of those games. What did you make of the spread here between the T-Wolves and the Clips? So here's the difficult thing, right? The most recent sample size of Paul George is really only, okay, he's back. He looks good enough. The, the results, yeah. everybody, it's difficult to digest, right? Who's even been playing down the back end here? What's really interesting is healthy Paul George played Minnesota three times before the injury. The Clippers won all three by 11, by 20, and by 27 points. But that was November basketball. It's very difficult because I have to agree with you that plus three on the Clippers is one of those numbers that if you do this long enough, you go, ah, wait a minute now. That doesn't make any sense. Like you'd oddly like the Clippers more at minus one than plus three. What do they know <laughs> that I don't know? I think this is right. showing, though, that they're respecting what the Minnesota season has been and they're valuing home court. Okay, I'll digest that. I disagree. I trust the Clippers' experience more in this spot. I'd rather have those three points. I'd rather have Ty Lue and Paul George and, you know, uh, Reggie Jackson. I can't believe that that's a name that's being added to this kind of a list, but I'd rather have that group here, Ben, going into this game. You may call him Reggie Jackson. I call him Mr. June because of what he did last year in the postseason for those L.A. Clippers. And we'll get to how mm -hmm. prolific Reggie Jackson was last year in the playoffs in our next segment when we thoroughly break down these games, looking at a player prop perspective for both the East and the West tonight. But a couple of trends to know here. The Clippers enter now the play-in tournament, having won five straight to end out the regular season. Minnesota losing six of their last 10 games, not covering in four straight all booked as a favorite but this year at home the Timberwolves as a favorite 15 12 and 2 against the number the Clippers have won outright in two of their last three games booked as an underdog they will need to do that tonight to advance into the postseason but again Kev as we talked about those prices and the relatively short number for both Brooklyn and Cleveland the seven eights to get into the Eastern Conference playoffs Look at the odds right now in the West for individual teams to make the postseason. Minnesota mm -hmm. is minus 1250. Of course, the T-Wolves favored, favored by three at home tonight. The Clippers are minus 590. Together, as we mentioned, for both to make the playoffs right now, minus 280 with the next closest being plus 550. But there's not a lot of love right now in the marketplace for either the Pelicans or the Spurs. And one of those teams will at least have an opportunity based on who wins tomorrow night. Yeah, so the, the real interesting thing is, if you're betting in this market, right, I think the number that most people would gravitate towards would be the no on Minnesota at plus 710, which is understandable. But if you are going to do that, like you're probably going to then need to do it for, you know, it's... 
not more than 20 bucks. Unless, if your plan is to hedge, of course. If you're just going to, hey, look, right. plus 710, let it ride, we'll see what happens, then, 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 then so be it, right? But if, if you step up the ladder and say go, you know, and look, everybody's different, but you go a full unit on it, right? And you then advance to the Timberwolves versus the winner of New Orleans and San Antonio. The hedge chance will be there. Just to add this quickly, Ben, Brooklyn's laying nine yeah. and a half to Cleveland, right? Now, I don't even think Minnesota would lay nine and a half to either one of those teams. Even if they did, Brooklyn's money line is only minus 450. I think Minnesota's money line is minus 300 or lower if they lose to the Clippers and then were to play New Orleans or San Antonio. And we will continue to break down both of the games in the play-in tournament. A prop perspective and a deeper dive on the other side of the break here on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Kevin Walsh for another segment here on a Tangy Tuesday. A deep dive right here, right now into the play-in tournament matchups tonight. First, we start in Brooklyn with the Nets now a nine-and-a-half point favorite. A lofty spread against the Cleveland Cavaliers with a total that has come down by a point-and-a-half from the overnight numbers now standing at two 27 but Kevin let's take it a step further by looking at the props for tonight and of course we start with Brooklyn's best looking at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and the point prop for KD tonight should come as no surprise for a postseason game for the easy money sniper 31 and a half and the over has the juice minus 116 yesterday now minus 120 his rebounding prop seven and a half as well Kyrie Irving also a pretty high point prop relatively 28 and a half and I included that three point prop the three and a half made threes because Kyrie's been going over that number with some frequency here to end out the regular season from a prop perspective looking at Brooklyn tonight Kevin what catches the eye uh, look, I think Kyrie could be your Brady Manic. Uh, we'll focus a little a bit here on Kyrie, but it's all very related. Uh, the truth of the, the thing on the points props and the three-point prop for Kyrie is you're not cashing points props without cashing the three-point prop. Uh, I had one oh, night, sad. one game. I don't remember uh, which one it was for Kyrie. I think it was versus Detroit. I'd lined up both, hit the threes, lost the points. It was a little frustrating, uh, but it was a lesson learned when it comes to kind of betting on Kyrie. I think tonight I'd like to bet on Kyrie as well, under the 28 and a half. The thing about Kyrie Irving is, one, he is not taken to being a full-time player as gracefully, perhaps, as everybody had assumed. He's only gone over his points prop consecutively once since doing so. Uh, secondly, he is not dominated at the Barclays Center as perhaps uh, everybody would be hoping. That's just not the way this is played out for Kyrie Irving. He's 4-2 under 28-and-a-half at home. And the other thing with Kyrie and Kevin Durant is basically they don't go off together. It happens, mm. but rarely. It happened once versus Memphis. They both were fantastic. And then 
in Atlanta, they were the only two people who were aware on that Nets roster a game was being played. But outside of that, it is typically one or the other. And last game, KD took a back seat against a Pacers mm-hmm. team that is essentially was having exhibition scrimmages for the final two weeks of this season, racked up 16 dimes and let Kyrie do whatever he wanted. This game will look, I think, a little bit more similar to what we saw when they had just played Cleveland. Kyrie, if an off-shooting night comes in, fantastic, but more so to defer to Kevin Durant. The sneaky truth about Kyrie is he is one of the few stars that seemingly plays next to Durant that wants to defer to Durant. Yes, that's the shot at Russell Westbrook, who has no idea what's going on in the year of 2022. I think this is a big KD night. I think that means it's a lower Kyrie night. I like him over tw- or under 28 and a half. I knew we were getting tangy somewhere. To throw Russ in the mix, as every sports show will do today, makes perfect sense. When you look at Kevin Durant in that point prop of 31 and a half, over in four of his final seven, averaging better than 32 points, in the month of April. Kyrie Irving only over that point prop of 28 and a half in three of his last five, but under in six of his last nine did have 35 in that regular season finale against the Pacers. But let me dive into that three-point prop because you all know I was all over Brady Mannix two and a half made three-pointers for UNC to end out the NCAA tournament. One of my favorite props in a very long time. That is until we get to Mr. June for the Clippers and the T-Wolves here in just a moment. But (laughs) Kyrie at three and a half made threes tonight. Over is plus money. Now at plus 104. He has gone over this number in five of the Nets' last seven games. And the volume, again, is key in my mind to this handicap here. He is averaging 10.4 three-point attempts per game in this seven-game span where he has gone over this three-and-a-half made three-point number in five of those seven. The volume is necessary for why I feel Kyrie could cash that plus money to the over of three-and-a-half made three-pointers, and that would be my focus as opposed to the 20 Eight and a half. Andre Drummond, another guy I want to bring attention to real quick, Kev. His points plus rebounds prop tonight is 22 and a half. He's gone over in two straight games for the Brooklyn Nets, but under in four straight prior to that when he was only averaging six and a half points per game. But we have seen him down this home stretch in the final two and a half weeks be a double-double machine at times. It's an intriguing number at 22 and a half for Drummond tonight. Yeah, the thing with Drummond I worry a little bit is foul trouble. Nick Claxton is a legitimate option if he is able to play some strong minutes. Drummond's minutes total might not be where you want it. Uh, Him for a double-double and a Nets win is plus 160. I think that'll be one of the more popular player performance doubles. Drummond's a guy who, look, I've had my, you know, cracks at some of his props. I just... I find the consistency lacks a little bit. The thing about an Andre Drummond, though, is he has the ability to cash, you said, I believe, you know, 22 and a half points plus rebounds. He does have the ability to give you that at half. He has those games sometimes in his locker. I wouldn't go under, but I don't know if I personally feel good enough for his overs. Now, Kev, I don't feel great about the Cavaliers props that we're seeing tonight. The number feels a little bit high on Darius Garland for his points prop, 25 and a half the assist prop may be a little bit more in reach at eight and a half but I don't love either of those two Karis LeVert not a huge fan of those numbers either and then Evan Mobley who is going to be the NBA rookie of the year most likely at least according to the odds his points plus rebounds combo prop tonight 
at 25 in a hook. Any of the numbers on the Cavs catch your eye tonight? You know, your your breakdown about the Drummond, right? Two yes, four no in a row. The Darius Garland yeah. numbers were a little interesting to me. Two and a half threes, it's minus 132. Sunshine and rainbows mm. cashed, you know, three threes in six of his last eight. But before that, it was under in six in a row. Are we past that point? Is he just going to remain on a heater? Minus 132 is not insignificant juice. You want to feel very, very confident, I think, if you're lining up a Garland number at that price. I don't mind points plus assist, though. Darius will be a big game player for this team, and I think will contribute in both ways. I know the assists were left short last time they played Brooklyn. I think he's got a really good chance at a double-double in this game. When you look at Evan Mobley, over that combo prop in the regular season finale for the Cavs, he had 18 points, 10 boards, but under in six straight prior. You can find a couple of overs there with the Cavaliers, but there were some sustained stretches of unders when it comes to these props. All right, so that's the game in the Eastern Conference. To the West, we go now in Minneapolis tonight, starting with the T-Wolves, and we start with Carl Anthony Towns and a points prop Kev that is up there for Cat tonight at 27 and a half when you combine that with the rebounding prop at 11 and a half as well both numbers that I'm not in love with from a Minnesota perspective either tonight in fact I think my favorite group for the props is on the Brooklyn Nets as opposed to the other three teams in action this evening yeah, uh, for me, there's two spots in this game I quite like. Uh, first on Anthony Edwards, over nine and a half rebounds plus assists. He's hit that in six of his last seven. Rebounds plus assists is a market that will uh, has really caught my eyes. The season's carried on be- because if you have it, the right player, they have the ability to blow past uh, one of the categories. Again, it's a nine and a half. Anthony Edwards has the ability to give you seven assists. He has the ability to give you seven rebounds. And then, of course, obviously, it's a minimal ask in the other of the statistical category. The other prop that I like is Paul George. I am a little hesitant on some of these Clippers because this is going to be playoff atmosphere. They have not played a game of this level, what feels like in so long, because you've not had Paul George there for so long. What trends do we trust? I found a lane for Paul George, though, Ben, that I felt good about. Seven and a half rebounds. It's plus money. But I think these statistics Mm. back it up. Last year in the playoffs, he played eight games without Kawhi. He averaged 11 rebounds per game in those eight games. Secondly, in 12 games this season, where he's played 36 or more minutes, he's eight and four over that number. Tonight, play-in game, not do or die, but close enough. I expect him to play 36-plus. That lines up for the trend. I like Paul George for over 7.5 rebounds. Don't be scared of a uh, double-double prop, too. I think it's a great point, Kev, because some of these numbers tonight are slightly higher than even season averages for the best on both teams. That 27.5 points for Carl Anthony Towns, he's only averaging 24 points so far in this NBA regular season, went under that number in eight of his last 10. But let's flip it back from Minnesota to LA because the discussion must be had on Mr. June. Reggie Jackson, you will see the under heavily juiced on his point prop. That's because he's gone under this number of 17 and a half and six of the final eight in the regular season for the Clips. And that three point prop has a ton of plus money to the over. He's only gone over that once in the last eight games 
for L.A. But in the playoffs last year, Reggie Jackson over this three-point prop in 15 of the 19 postseason games for Los Angeles, including a span of eight straight. That is how you earn the moniker Mr. June in the postseason. Last year, we'll yeah. see if he can be Mr. April. Kevin Walsh, a tangy Tuesday. Gone mm. far too soon. Hey, look, by the way, Timberwolves Clippers quickly, 230 and a half. Minnesota, five straight overs. On average, 255 points per game. I don't care that it's playoff basketball, 230 and a half is too low. Kevin Walsh, one of the co-hosts of The Early Line every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. East. Plenty more TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, now very pleased to break down the play-in tournament game tonight inside the Barclays Center with Chris Milholland, a writer for Nets Daily, covering all things Brooklyn Nets and the NBA. We have spoken to Chris all throughout the regular season, asking him questions about the Brooklyn Nets. How would they fare to end out the regular season? What would it look like for the Nets once they reach the postseason? Now, here we are. Chris, thank you for joining us here on a Tuesday on the morning after to preview tonight's action between the Nets and the Cavaliers. We finally made it, boys. We're finally in the playing tournament. So we're here. This is what we've been what we've been waiting, what we've been waiting for, for the entire yeah. year. When the Nets were favored, Chris, back in January still to win the East. This was the discussion. What would the path be for Brooklyn to get here? Well, now we know where it starts in the 7-8 play-in tournament to get tonight, uh, game tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brooklyn, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook against the Cavs with an over-under that stands at 227. For most of the last 48 hours or so, Chris, this spread was eight and a half, which was the same spread in favor of Brooklyn on Friday night inside Barclays against Cleveland in a game that Brooklyn won by 11. What do you expect to see tonight that might differ from what we saw just a few days ago? I think it's going to be identical to the same game we saw a couple days ago, right? So obviously it's a huge hit for the Cavs to lose Jared Allen. You know, he's not coming back for the playing game. And obviously we saw last time they met how easy and how mostly how really easy the Nets got to the paint, right? That the Cavs really failed to restrict the driving lanes. I think the Nets had a total of almost, I think, a quarter or three fourths of their points in the paint total. So you just see how how much uh, how, how they capitalized over Jared Allen's absence down low. So overall, you know, it's going to be interesting because especially like last game, we saw how much the Cavs doubled Kevin Durant, which has been really a big theme across this whole season. So we'll see if the Cavs make that make that adjustment, kind of double him a little more often, and get the ball out of his hands more, and rely on the role players more, and kind of live with those shots. But I think overall it's going to be a similar result to what we saw just a couple days ago. Chris, you mentioned the absence of Jarrett Allen. What do you expect to be a key matchup tonight between Brooklyn and Cleveland? I think it's going to be the Darius Garland, like Kyrie Irving. I think because, you know, with, with Cleveland, they like the, they really like to get mismatches on Kyrie Irving. We saw that throughout the whole entire time last time. And when you really think about it, Evan Mobley is a little more healthy than last time, right? They're not just going to bring him off the bench this time, especially, you know, I guess you could say it's not a win or die, but at the same time, both of these teams want to get out of the playing tournament as soon as possible, right? 
because obviously both these teams have the luxury of having that double game elimination facing the winner of the 9-10, which is Hornets or Hawks, but they both want to get out of there as soon as possible and face the Celtics. So I think overall it's going to be interesting to see how Brooklyn really capitalizes on their switches, how they defend Mobley down low, because even Mobley in a minutes restriction and seeing how um, how kind of even he didn't really look like himself, but how effective he was too. So it's going to be interesting how they really get the ball out of his hands, how they defend him. And other, like I mentioned, other guys like Bruce Brown are going to have to step up as well. Kyrie Irving, his points prop tonight, 28.5. Kevin Durant, the highest on the board at 31 in a hook. Chris, now we are in the postseason, even if it is the Eastern Conference play-in tournament. How much do both KD and Kyrie need to step up now into the postseason to get the Nets to where they want to go? I think if, I think if you really want to kind of pick and choose between the two of them, you got to go with Kyrie Irving a little bit. As with Kyrie Irving, especially um, aside from these last few home ga- few games to end off the regular season, he's really struggled with his shot, and he's taken a lot more shots than Kevin Durant if you really look at it across the board, right? So if he's shooting at that efficiency, he's got to make a lot of shots because that's kind of wears down on my point I made early with the double teaming on Kevin Durant. Kyrie feels a little more responsible to take those more shots. So like I'm saying is that, hey, last time, if he goes 7 for 15, like that's that could maybe skim him by, but at the same time, you know, with Kevin, I feel like the Nets are going to kind of do a lot to get, make sure the ball's in his hands and they could avoid those double teams. So we saw, like, last time Kessler Edwards go to the corner, Bruce Brown rolling. And, I, you know, you just look across the board, all the role players going to step more more importantly. But if you had to pick and choose between who's going to have to carry more of the scoring load in this one, I could, like I said, I see Cleveland doubling Kevin Durant as many times as they can, and yeah. Kyrie's going to have to really shoot efficient. So outside of the stars for Brooklyn, who are a couple of the Nets you're keeping an eye on to be maybe an X-factor tonight and through the rest of the postseason? I'm going to go with Seth Curry. I'm going to go with Seth Curry. I really think that he's going to really prove his worth here because Seth Curry, it's interesting, right? Because he had left ankle soreness. He's been in and out of the lineup with these, with uh, this injury. They both know it's going to be more of an offseason thing, so he's probably most likely going to get a procedure on it or look into further evaluation there. So wh- why I say Seth Curry's health, right? Because we see how important he is in this lineup, especially what he brings on the floor with spacing and just three-point shooting, kind of just adding that additional shooter, especially when you don't have a guy like Joe Harris who you're really accustomed to in the lineup. Another guy I would keep an eye on, too, is like I mentioned, is Bruce Brown. He's that he's the team Swiss Army knife. He does a little bit of everything, and he really just sparks the Nets' uh, defensive tone, right? So he's the guy that – he's like Blake Griffin, but obviously Blake Griffin is kind of out of the rotation right now. He's all over the loose balls. He does the little things. And then my final player I'd keep an eye on, aside from the stars, is Goran Dragic. That's another guy, right? So he's out of health and safety protocols. He's going to be making his de- he's going to make his return tonight. It's going to be interesting what his debut is going to be or what his minutes restriction is going to look like. Because Steve Nash said he had symptoms, so obviously in that case you would imagine that he's probably going to pay 15 to 20, if anything. I would say around that mark. So definitely those three guys. When you look at Andre Drummond as well, mm-hmm. who has been key for the Nets here down this home stretch, a double double machine at times to end out the regular season for the Nets going up against Evan Mobley providing that spark for the Nets in the interior how big is Andre Drummond to the Nets postseason success he's huge he's huge because obviously we saw what teams could do when they get second chance opportunities against the Nets especially in early offense situations as well right so Andre Drummond you know the main reason he was brought in here is to grab boards be a big rim protector even though hey he's he's good at rim protecting but he's not like you know a bona fide rim protector he makes his bread off the off the rebounds off the boards right so Andre Drummond's huge in that situation, especially keeping Cleveland off the offensive glass, such as Mobley, for example. 
So he's going to be huge around, you know, especially when he's a guy that gives you 10 points and he could get you easily 20 boards if it's really, if he's really active on there. So he's going to be huge as well. You know, big screen setter as well for a lot of the guys that like the roll and obviously off ball screens and everything that comes along with it. So he's huge. He's huge. Can't underestimate his impact. A nine and a half point spread tonight, Chris. We expect it to look rather similar to Friday night when the Brooklyn Nets won by 11 and covered that number of eight and a half in favor of Brooklyn. But the Nets haven't been necessarily all that stellar inside the Barclays Center tonight. So if Cleveland is to keep this game close, how do you expect the Cavaliers to do so? I really, it just has to be pressure right off the tip, right? I feel like the Nets, they're, they're one of those teams. It's going to be interesting to see how this works out because obviously we all, we've all seen the Nets throughout this whole year. they got a big lead, 17-point lead, 20-point lead. They take their foot off the gas, and that lead just continues to trip away throughout the whole entire game. So the third quarter gets tied, fourth quarter, boom, that leads on the other end of the floor. So now that, the, now that there's a real sense of urgency, you know, Nash and the Nets have always talked about, hey, we have sense of urgency to win the games. There's no bigger sense of urgency than tonight to win this game because then you get the Celtics who you're familiar with, especially last year in the first round. And overall, you know, they, they, they want to get out of this situation as soon as possible because like Kevin Durant said, there's, there's already a lot of pressure going to this game. We just got to play. And at the same time, you know, we want to get out of this thing as soon as possible. So like I said, if they could really just play from the full 48-minute game, not get relaxed, and kind of just all be in sync with each other, especially with careless turnovers. That's the biggest thing of all. Because Kevin Durant's averaging like six turnovers in the past like 10 games. So if they could take care of the ball, you know, play for 48-minute game, it sounds simple, but, you know, that's that's really all this team needs to do. Chris Milholland joining us here on a Tuesday on the morning after. Chris covering the Nets for Nets Daily of SB Nation and all things NBA, previewing the play-in tournament game tonight in Brooklyn between the Nets and the Cavs. The Nets, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, Chris, as we have said a few times. Clearly an expectation based on the odds that Brooklyn should win this game rather handily tonight to advance as that number seven seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And the Brooklyn Nets still have the second-best price at plus 330 to win the East. Chris, all year long, you have been on this show, and we have spoken about the idea that once they get to the postseason, that's all that matters for Brooklyn. Whether it was an unhealthy Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving playing part-time, this was the time for Brooklyn. So what do you want to see out of the Nets now that we have reached this point heading into the postseason? I just want to see consistency. That's the main thing. Obviously, health speaks for itself. This team really needs to stay healthy from the stars to the bottom of the roster, right? And it's it's good. that's going to be the biggest key of it all, just health in general. Who could stay healthy? I mentioned Seth Curry, for example. His ankle's going to be something to monitor, such as guys like, you know, Kevin, Kevin Kyrie. All the way down, really, it's going to come down to health. And you, when you really look at it, you really diagnose this playing tournament. If they win against the Cavs, they get the Celtics in the second. They get the Celtics in the first round, and they get the winner of Bucks Bulls in the second round. So we have a repeat of what it looked like last year with Milwaukee. That's going to be their biggest test, in my opinion. I feel like you know, if you looked at the other side, I have the Raptors upsetting the Sixers. I have the Raptors in six. Mm -hmm. And then overall, you know, the Heat. I'm not too big on the Heat, and regardless, they wouldn't play the Heat unless they, well, unless they obviously get into the 9-10 and they do the double elimination. But say they win tonight, they're not going to match up with the Heat till the conference finals if they make it that far. So it's going to come down to consistency. The biggest thing I want to see out of this team most most definitely is that urgency to play 48 minutes a game, right? Because if they could really play that urgency, I feel like it'll just grow the confidence within this group. And at the same time, you could really see this team go in full effect on both ends of the floor rather than just play one end of the floor and then the other end in the second half. So, you know, that's, like I said, urgency, health, and consistency. Those are the main three keys out of mine.
And this has been the time for the Nets to prove that plus 330 price and the favored price at times this year to win the Eastern Conference despite the struggle. You mentioned if they win tonight, the number seven seed in the Eastern Conference taking on the two seed in the Boston Celtics. The seed is one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. They won 15 of their final 19 games, but plus 500 with the fourth best price to win the Eastern Conference. So, Chris, how do you evaluate Boston maybe ahead of a matchup against Brooklyn? Well, props to the Celtics, man, because Emei's done a great job with this team in the second half. It's just all be- their plays all built on the defensive end, and that gave the Nets a lot of trouble in their last meeting together. So how I, if I really see, like, between the Nets and Celtics, I see that going in five or six. I could see it going five, but at, if I had the pick, I'd see it going in six, right? Because at the same time, I feel like Kyrie always plays when it's good in Boston. Obviously, the first time he was there, he didn't play that well. We know the history between them. Same thing with Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin's one of those guys that, you know, in the, especially in the first round, the Nets know that they want to get out of that as soon as possible. So, for example, like, just use that as an example. Today, if they win today, they got four days of rest before the first round. They know how valuable that is, mm-hmm. especially with this team that Steve Nash keeps calling that, hey, they're in training camp because they haven't played that much together. So you look at a team like the Celtics, and like I mentioned, you have Milwaukee or the or Milwaukee most likely in the second round. You're going to want that extra days of rest to prepare for them. Although you're familiar with them, their rosters kind of stayed the same from, from last year to this year. They had a couple key pieces in there. Like they're going to want that rest to really prepare for this team, really make those adjustments. Because, you know, in a seven-game series, everyone knows the type of schemes you run, the plays you run, and everything. At that point, it's kind of just who could play better, who could take care of the ball better. And, you know, I think Brooklyn's going to need that extra day's rest. So, Nets and Celtics, I'll take it in the Nets and six. Chris, only about a minute left here. Maybe helping the Nets mm-hmm. in six or cashing that plus 330 ticket might be the services of Ben Simmons. What's the update there mm-hmm. on Simmons? It's going to be interesting. The optimism is that he's going to come back. That, that's the optimism right now. So, obviously, he's on the Ultra G plan. He's not doing any running. You know, obviously, Nets Twitter and all the Twitter blew up when they saw that just afternoon work social media post the Nets put out him taking shots and him kind of just doing all the work and practice. We see him just kind of just doing the bands, doing light work, light shooting. So, it's a very interesting case. You know, the Nets are remaining optimistic. You're hearing uh, kind of buzz from the other side. There, hey, if the Nets kind of get into that second round or even lean to the first round, he could return there. I really do see a return coming. If I had to, if I had to put my kind of where my money where my mouth is, I would say it's going to be in the second round. I would have to say that because if you think about the first round, six days away, so you know it's going to be a second round thing. I would imagine Ben Simmons is going to be on the court. It's going to be interesting to see how it really turns out when he gets there. If the Nets get there, though. We'll see. Chris Milhall of Nets Daily joining us here for a preview of the play-in tournament tonight between Brooklyn and Cleveland. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one of the morning after on this Tuesday right here on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz Network. I am Ben Stevens. Two play-in tournament games tonight out in the Eastern Conference in Brooklyn. The Nets hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then in the West in Minnesota, the Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Clippers. How many of these teams? I understand that two will advance tonight based on who wins the game. But overall, from the four in the 7-8 matchups, how many will make the 
playoffs in both the East and the West. We find out together in Fade the Public. I make that distinction about the play-in tournament games tonight because a poorly worded maybe Fade the Public poll on my behalf. I can admit my faults. What we put it at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. So the play-in tournament starts tonight. It's the Nets and the Cavs, the Kiplers versus the Timberwolves. How many teams will advance to the playoffs? Of course, two have to go in based on a winner and that result tonight. But I meant out of these groups that are both favored to get into the postseason. Anyway, the most likely option selected was then two. Maybe not the best fade the public poll again. My fault. I send these very early in the morning to our wonderful social media team here at SportsGrid. But hey, things happen. I meant out of these four teams because all of these teams heavily favored to make the postseason. The Nets right now to make the playoffs on FanDuel are minus 3,500. We showed you the T-Wolves minus 1,250 to make the Western Conference playoffs and the Clippers minus 590 as well. For the Cavs to make the playoffs, that's minus 188 and plus 152 for the no. Maybe there's your option there. We'll see how many make the eventual postseason out of the four playing tonight. Of course, two will advance if they can get a win this evening. Minnesota favored by three. Brooklyn favored by nine and a half. We come back for hour number two of the morning after. Up next, right here on Sportsbook. 